You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Today's episode, we'll recap Game 1 of the World Series, look ahead to Game 2, and try and evaluate some hitters that really struggled to hit for batting average in the 2020 season. So, the Dodgers take Game 1, 8-3 of the World Series. Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw was efficient and effective. Went six innings, gave up two hits, one walk, one earned run, struck out eight. There's been lots of talk about Kershaw's playoff track record, but this World Series is a great chance for him to silence the doubters. No one is considered clutch enough to win championships until suddenly they are. And that narrative goes away. And Kershaw right now has a 2.88 ERA and 0.84 whip in four postseason starts this year. You know, it hasn't all been great, But you can't look at those numbers and think, wow, Clayton Kershaw is somehow letting the Dodgers down. He certainly didn't in Game 1 of the World Series. Uh, Dodgers center fielder Cody Bellinger started the scoring with a two-run home run in the fourth inning. Bellinger now has home runs in back-to-back games. He's hitting only 250, but he has a 940 OPS, four home runs, and 12 RBIs in 13 playoff games. Rays center fielder Kevin Kiermaier homered in the top of the fifth to cut the lead in half, give the Rays a little bit of hope. Kiermaier was two for three with a run scored, a couple of RBIs in the game. He's only hitting 231 with a 737 OPS in the playoffs, and that's after uh, Game 1 of the World Series. Uh, but Kiermaier is a great center fielder, uh, maybe the best. Uh, but when he does make an offensive contribution, uh, that really makes uh, a difference for the Rays. Uh, the Dodgers then scored four in the fifth inning to really break the game open. Uh, they had three consecutive two-out singles, uh, really you know, taking this game from uh, a close game into uh, route territory. And then in the sixth, uh, Mookie Betts uh, for the Dodgers homered. Uh, then the Dodgers uh, put up a couple of runs in the sixth, making it 8-1. Now Betts, he had a couple of hits, uh, scored a run on his home run, had two RBIs. He also stole two bases. Uh, a little bit of everything from Mookie Betts. Uh, and he's hitting 327 with a 934 OPS in the playoffs. Uh, the Dodgers obviously had high expectations uh, when they acquired Mookie Betts in the offseason, and uh, he's living up to them. Uh, now and you know both offensively and defensively obviously in uh, the National League Championship Series he made some spectacular catches so uh, to to get that in addition to a guy who can run the bases and uh, is hitting as as he is uh, that's you know that could make the difference here for the Dodgers Uh, and then the Rays did put up two runs in the seventh inning but lined into a double play uh, to end the inning they had a couple runners on base uh, with one out and then uh, the line out into a double play. That was basically uh, Tampa Bay's last gasp in game one. And so uh, the Dodgers, uh, favorites in the series, favorites in game one, uh, come away with a pretty decisive 8-3 win. So let's take a look at game two. Does, does it get any different uh, for Tampa Bay? Uh, they send Blake Snell uh, on the mound, plus 120 at LA, who has Tony Gonsolin uh, starting. Snell for as effective as he's been, doesn't go deep into games. He has a 3.20 ERA and 1.32 whip in the playoffs, but he's averaging less than five innings a start, uh, just as he did during the regular season. And uh, 
And so I think uh, there has to be some worry uh, that he, he's not going to go deep enough uh, to have uh, to be around when the game gets decided in game two. Uh, Gonsolin has allowed seven earned runs in six and a third innings in the playoffs, but he was great during the regular season. Had a 2.31 ERA and 0.84 whip in 46 and two-thirds innings. And so, you know, you might be inclined to think that regular season Gonsolin is, is a little bit more... Um, a little bit more reliable sample size uh, than what we've seen in, in a couple of playoff appearances for Gonsolin, but uh, there is at least a little bit of vulnerability there. The, the The trouble, I guess, for the Rays is that the Dodgers lineup was just daunting in game one, and it's possible that, you know, maybe the Rays' bullpen can uh, pull it together. If we presume that Snell isn't going to go deep, can the Rays trot out three, four, five relievers uh, who can keep the Dodgers shut down uh, for the second half of the game. Uh, but in addition to that, they also have to hope that they can mount uh, more of an attack. And certainly Kershaw kept them locked up pretty well in game one, but maybe Gonsolin uh, does give Tampa Bay a little bit more of an opportunity. So we'll, we'll see how, how game two goes. If I have to choose one, I'm probably still leaning towards Snell as the underdog uh, in, in game two, at plus 120. Uh, and coming up next, We'll look at players who struggled to hit for batting average in 2020 and how much to worry about it going forward. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a bunch of great flavors. My favorites are peanut butter chocolate and salted caramel. But all their bars are low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, and all in a convenient bar. I've been trying to shed quarantine pounds at a boot camp for the past couple of months, and I'm having a little bit of success. But I leaned right into it with Built Bar as part of my post-workout routine. Gives my muscles the protein boost they need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order. And enjoy the best protein bar on the planet. As we work our way through the World Series and into the off-season, send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to locked on fantasy baseball at gmail.com. Also check out locked on diamondbacks where I joined host Millard Thomas on Monday and Tuesday. as we talked about the diamondbacks season from a fantasy perspective. So now with early off season prep, here are a dozen players who struggled in terms of batting average in 2020. Maybe what we should think about them in 2021. Start. But Evan White, first baseman for Seattle, hit just 176, uh, had a 264 batting average on balls in play, and his strikeout rate was 41.6%. That's awfully high. And the thing is, White was promoted before he was ready. He was a 24-year-old making the jump straight from double A. And he may be able to market correct, uh, but he's going to be like the deepest of sleepers for 2021. No one's going to invest in a first baseman who hit 176. Uh, and particularly because he just, he didn't make enough contact. You know, that 264 batting average on balls in play isn't great, but it's not horrific. Uh, the strikeout rate of 41.6%, that's horrific. So I think Evan White will, you know, look to bounce back in 2021, but I think for fantasy owners, you're probably going to take a wait-and-see approach to see whether you can make enough contact uh, to have real fantasy value. Uh, Joey Gallo, uh, Texas outfielder, Hit just 181, had a 240 batting average on balls in play. Now, his strikeout rate was 35%, which is 
pretty high. It's also the lowest strikeout rate of Gallo's career. He's a guy who does a lot of all or nothing. Uh, but his home run rate uh, was way down, too, uh, in 2020, down to 16.7%. Uh, the fact that uh, Gallo hit 181 only comes as a bit of a, a surprise because he did hit 253 in 2019, and that was a career high. But usually he's hovering around the Mendoza line. And so, uh, you know, falling from uh, typically in the 200, 205 range uh, down to 181 in a shortened season is hardly a shock. Uh, Kyle Schwarber of the Cubs uh, hit 188, had just a 219 batting average on balls in play. And the thing is, Schwarber is not a big average guy either. Um, but you can probably count on him hitting better than 188 because a 219 batting average on balls in play is ridiculous. Now, Schwarber's career batting average on balls in play is only 267, which isn't great. But 50 points lower than that is, is not likely uh, where he's going to rest uh, over a full season. So you, you can probably assume that Kyle Schwarber will hit better than 188. Um, but you're, you're going to need him to climb climb out of that hole uh, to really have fantasy appeal. Uh, Pittsburgh left fielder Brian Reynolds hit 189, had a 231 batting average on Paul's in play. He was getting all his regression out in uh, two months. Uh, in 2019, uh, Reynolds hit 314 with a 387 batting average on Paul's in play. You, you would look at that uh, those numbers and say he was absolutely due for regression in 2020. Uh, you might not s- expect that he would see his average go from 314 down to 189. Uh, you can probably find, you know, the real Brian Reynolds uh, somewhere in between, and uh, maybe over a full season in 2021, that's what you that's what you'll get. But uh, his 2019 season was probably too good to be true, and his 2020 uh, probably too bad to be true. Uh, Dodgers first baseman Mac, Max Muncy uh, hit just 192 with a 203 batting average on balls in play. Like Schwarber, Muncy has a low batting average on balls in play for his career, just 266. And that's not likely to change, but it's not going to hover around 200 like it did in 2020. Uh, thing is, you know, Muncy, and like Schwarber, uh, is not a big average uh, guy. He's a 236 hitter for his career, so you probably have don't have much reason to expect uh batting average to be a, a real asset for Max Muncy. Uh, Matt Olson, first baseman for Oakland, hit 195, had a 227 batting average on balls in play, and he didn't hit the balls quite as hard uh, this season. His hard hard hit rate and barrel percentages were both down uh, from where they were in 2019. Now, again, batting average on balls in play is not going to hover at 227, so you can expect better than 195, but batting average is not likely uh, to be a strength for Matt Olson either. He, he's a power guy. Um, Carlos Santana, uh, the first baseman for Cleveland, had a 199 average with a 212 batting average on balls in play. His career batting average on balls in play is 266, uh, which isn't isn't great. Uh, so you might understand why his career batting average is relatively low. But the thing with Santana, he's always been an on base guy. So you know when he hits 230 or 240, uh, he en- he ends up you know he walks a bunch, so he he ends up with a respectable on base percentage anyway. Uh, but he hit a career high 281 in 2019. Uh, and so to drop from that 281 down to 199 is a pretty dramatic shift. Uh, and you, you might say that it's uh, somewhat expected. Like he probably wasn't going to hit 281 again uh, in the same way that uh, you would probably expect Santana not to hit 199 again next season. Uh, Kansas City Royals second baseman, Nicky Lopez, hit just 201 with a 260 batting average on balls in play. 
Now, Lopez is a little bit different profile than, than a lot of these other guys who, who've been on this list, uh, guys who are power hitters that uh, maybe didn't make enough contact. Well, Lopez just doesn't hit the ball very hard, so it's hard to uh, really look at those numbers and expect that, oh, he's going to hit dramatically better uh, next season. Like he, he may hit better than 201, but it doesn't look like he's going to hit enough to be a factor in fantasy. You know, Wait and see, I guess, on, on Nicky Lopez. Uh, Cincinnati Reds third baseman Eugenio Suarez hit 202, hit a 214 batting average on balls in play. And the thing is, every other season of his career, Suarez's batting average on balls in play has been over 300. Now, he didn't hit the ball as hard in 2020, but maybe that's not a huge surprise since he was coming off shoulder surgery. It would seem reasonable to expect him to be better in 2021. Chicago Cubs shortstop Javi Baez. Hit just 203 with a 262 batting average on balls in play, which is a shock because Baez notoriously hits the ball really hard. Uh, his batting average on balls in play for his career is 333, and that's including uh, a, a 262 batting average on balls in play in 2020. So I think, you know, given his uh, track record as a, a player who swings, you know, from the heels most of the time, uh, you, you could expect. Uh, better numbers from Baez uh, over a full season. And certainly uh, you wouldn't expect him to continue hitting at, at 203. A uh, couple of more. Uh, Minnesota's first baseman, Miguel Sano, uh, hit 204. Now, with a 301 batting average on balls in play, which is not bad at all. It's right around average. And uh, so what do you do with a 204 batting average and a 301 ball batting average on balls in play? is you look to the strikeout rate, and it's 43.9%, an astounding number. Uh, the thing is that Sano, when he did make contact, his barrel rate and hard hit rates uh, were about the same as they were in 2019. But he obviously, he just missed too many pitches in 2020. And so I, w- I would look and expect there to be improvement uh, in 2021, uh, but you know you really have to keep an eye on uh, his strikeout rate uh, to see whether or not he can... Uh, bring that back into line with his career. Like if if it's down in the say 30% range, well then, you know, the numbers should start getting better, but sitting at 43.9% is uh, astonishingly bad. Uh, The last uh, hitter we'll go with uh, a player who had his, his own little feature on, uh, on early episodes of uh, during the 2020 season is Christian Yelich, Milwaukee outfielder. Hit just 205 this year with a 259 batting average on balls in play. His strikeout rate's 30.8%, which is way higher uh, than any of his previous seasons. Typically, he hovers around 20%. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at Yelich striking out uh, about 50% more uh, than he did in his previous major league seasons. And so I think that his track record is such, we have to assume the Yelich will be better in 2021. Because, you know, what kind of 28-year-old goes from being a superstar to a scrub mid-career? Uh, I, I don't see that being a realistic outcome. But uh, obviously the strikeout rate is something to watch uh, to see whether or not uh, he can bring that back uh, to what his career numbers were uh, prior to 2020. So that'll do it for today. I will be back Thursday as we wrap up Game 2 of the World Series. And I'll continue digging into stats for early off-season prep. Find us, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Stay safe, enjoy the World Series, 
Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.